lead the way. All right. To all the tens of listeners, we have the one, the only, masterful Charles Shipman. So if you've never had the pleasure of Charles yelling at you, uh, you're really missing out. One of my finest moments ever was when I was across the gym hiding from him and he was teaching in a, a weightlifting uh, seminar at our gym and he was in my wife's face yelling at her saying, you gotta get your hips to the bar, Jen. You just gotta. <laughs> and I, at that moment, I realized if he's willing to yell at this tiny little innocent woman, I better hide my ass over here. So uh, Charles is very well versed in weightlifting. Um, he was the first person that told me that it's not Olympic weightlifting, it is weightlifting. And uh, he just has a very amazing way of really shedding light on some of the stupidity and verbiage that we have. Uh, awesome guy. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him to kind of shed some light. I know I didn't do him any service, but uh, Charles, take it away, brother. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dre. Uh, you know, I, I remember, man, this had to be close to 10 years ago. Um, yeah. that, uh, well, maybe not that many, maybe like seven years ago or something like that, that, uh, came out to Portland and, and got to hang out with y'all and it was wonderful. Um, you know, I don't remember yelling, but I probably did. Uh, I was still somewhat new and by new, I mean like five years in to the sport at that time. And I think I'm a lot more, uh, I don't know, relaxed and, um, just kind of have, have my, have my my thoughts and ideas and um i mean i still get get riled up about stuff but uh yeah i i think the i think the seminar looks a lot different these days than it did <laughs> uh you know plus i was working with kevin Hughes, so anytime you're working with kevin you're probably riled up and intoxicated so yeah you know. exactly <laughs> there there's some uh, so definite yeah. shots of fireball that have been thrown down at some point gosh dang it well, i've made so many bad decisions in life <laughs> it's like kevin himself is not a bad decision but the things that we do with kevin might might be questionable <laughs> yeah i don't, I don't regret any of it not at all <laughs> <laughs> so uh just just to kind of open it up i mean our podcast is very lax very laid back uh lots of cussing uh, my last podcast didn't have a lot because, well, she's a very, very kind woman that uh, shed some light in regards mm. to a lot of the COVID-19. So I tried to be on my best behavior, um, but that's now tossed out the fucking window. <laughs> now, weightlifting, yeah. weightlifting, man. So to a lot of our folks out here that CrossFit or think, you know what, I can get into it because I'm strong. I would love to shed some light on that to folks because I have right now, I have a 500 plus pound deadlift. I'm kind of itching at that 500 pound back squat, but my weightlifting sucks. Now, a lot of folks would be yeah. like, oh, you must be able to clean like 300, 400 pounds. I'm like, no. So, I always try to explain to them why, but maybe coming from somebody that actually coaches it, that this is more of your specialty, maybe you can explain that to them. Yeah, um, you know, it, it really comes down to, there's a lot of different ways to describe it, right? One way that um, the late, great Glenn Penlay described it is, you know, if, you, if you've got all these, all these rocks and pebbles and stones, and some of them are strength pebbles, and some of them are athleticism pebbles, and some of them are mobility rocks. You know, whoever has the total best weight of all of those rocks is going to be the best weightlifter, right? So somebody like you um, with, I mean, that's a heavier deadlift than me, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you don't, you don't snatch and clean and jerk as much as me, right? So your strength, you would have more of those strength, strength rocks, right? But I... I would have probably more of that, uh, you know, those efficiency um, and, and, you know, technique, if you want to call it that. Uh, also, I will even, use the word form. I'll tell you that. It's one of my pet peeves. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll even I, say athleticism. I've seen you on the skateboard, bro, and I'm sorry. That's athleticism like nobody's business. So 
I don't care what people say. Yeah. That's athleticism to be able to move. In weightlifting, I, yeah, in weightlifting, I always say that um, the most important, um, you know, trait would be athleticism, right? Right? And I know that's a very broad general term, right? But if if Mm -hmm. you, if you give me an athlete, then I'm going to be able to hopefully make them a decent weightlifter, right? So being an elite weightlifter, a good weightlifter, what you have to be, you have to have all of it, right? You have to be strong, athletic, and, you know, hardworking and all of those things. But if you want to be mediocre like me, you can get away with just being athletic or, you know, just being strong or something like that. So it, it, I'm one of the few people uh, that actually got into CrossFit from weightlifting, not the other way around, right? So yeah. CrossFit was still, um, like, there was no regional when I started when I started CrossFit, it was just like some dudes working out at a farm in Aromas, you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, so this is back in 2007, uh, something like that. Um, uh, when, when I was weightlifting and, and of course we all know that CrossFit got this kind of bad name for sort of bastardizing the snatch and the clean and jerk. Um, and I figured, you know, rather than, rather than talk crap and, and try to, um, you know, create a separation i said well why, why can't we be you know simpatico with this like let's crossfit and weightlifting and bodybuilding and powerlifting and strongman like they can all benefit from one another right oh yeah so uh i figured you know what let, let's see if, if i can't help and then in turn gain some you know gain some uh overall general fitness as well so um yeah there are plenty of very, very strong people that can pull a bar, you know, two feet off the ground to their hips. But if you ask them to put it over their head, well, their giant pecs won't allow them to do so, you know? Yeah. So um, it's whoever is furthest along in all of those categories, strength, mobility. I think I actually drew this, this diagram for you one time, yeah, but you did. You know, something like strength, mobility, uh, efficiency, um, speed, like those four, sort of the main, and then you have this one sort of uh, added benefit of something like determination or, or some, you know, those five categories. Whoever is furthest progressed along all five of those categories is going to be your best weightlifter. Oh, yeah. So I remember I took your your diagram when you did that, and I. It really is true. Whatever your week, right. So here. Oh, we had a little bit of freezing. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I remember taking your diagram and, oh. and uh, adding that fifth one as fearless because there's this, this right. dose of fear and common sense, as you might say it, when you're pulling this ridiculous amount of weight off the ground to your shoulders or overhead, and suddenly common sense is like, should we be doing this? And as, I think it's yeah. individuals that can shush that voice and really commit to the lift like you used to say like you have to commit to this thing and uh it's the people that can shift that voice with those other categories that really are successful in my eyes and 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 that's why um you see the weightlifters who are the most successful are obviously ones that started uh when they were younger right so not saying old guys like you and i can't be successful weightlifting but you know that that evolutionarily speaking that desire to like preserve ourselves gets stronger as we get older right and it gets oh, yeah. stronger as we have children and it gets stronger as we have families like so the idea of putting yourself underneath a heavy barbell whether it's conscious or not like that that starts to lack as we get older you know <laughs> yeah what are you 53 Trey? something like that oh yeah uh, right so but when you, you see these kids <laughs> When you see these kids who start learning when they're 10, 11 years old, like they don't have that innate, innate feeling yet, right? So it's, it's not because I can't be strong at 38 years old, right? It's not because I can't be athletic at 38 years old. It's because my brain, my neurons are saying, hey, don't put yourself in danger. And you and I both know that it's not dangerous, right? Weightlifting yeah. isn't a, an inherently dangerous sport, but our brains think it is, mm-hmm. right? Because there's something well, that could hurt us. Um, I would argue, you know, I tell, I tell people properly, I learned. When coached properly, it's not dangerous. So, like, having somebody under your tutelage right, right. versus some of these other coaches that haven't taken the time to truly learn the nuances and ins and outs of the movements, 
that might be a little more dangerous. So I think yeah. that's the only time I'd argue that. But yeah, I fully agree. When done right, it's not dangerous at all. Yeah, I mean, there's always sport and sport is inherently, you know, has its, has its dangers, right? It's physical dangers. Um, any sport, right? I actually wrote a a blog um, about you know the the dangers of of CrossFit and the dangers of weightlifting and the and I compared them to lots and lots and lots of different sports and and you know came to the conclusion that well weightlifting or even CrossFit is no more dangerous than you know basketball or 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 anything like that. But what it does for our psyche, our mental state, is more beneficial than you know the the reward outweighs, outweighs the risk most yeah, yeah. and so you know i would i would never give up skateboarding um just because i might get hurt like i've definitely been hurt skateboarding and i knew that was going to happen right but i wouldn't i wouldn't not skateboard just to keep myself safe like but you know, it also it looks super badass risks. you rolling around on that skateboard <laughs> doing kick flips and everything. I'm like, I watch those over and over. I show my son, I'm like, see that? And he's like, dad, why can't you do that? I'm like, well, I was on a skateboard once, well, broke my collarbone, so. <laughs> yeah, again, I was, you know, it's something that I learned when I was 14, 15 years old. So I don't, I, I already have that, you know, ingrained muscle memory and, and, and movement and everything like that. Same, same way I learned how to, how to do a backflip. I taught myself how to do a standing back tuck when I was 12 years old. Not because I had somebody there showing me how to do it, but because I wasn't afraid of breaking my neck at 12 years old. Right. Now I'm afraid of breaking my neck, right? <laughs> so, um, the same thing is true with uh, weightlifting or any sport. And I, I think it's very, very important for us, everybody, to remember is sport and fitness are not the same. And, no. and, and people very often confuse these two things, right? So. CrossFit fitness, of course, we, we, we want to be as safe as we can, right? We, we know from looking at our CrossFit scale that being injured is the opposite of being fit, right? So, um, you know, so you have to look at your, your activity. I compete in weightlifting for sport, right? So I, I am aware of the inherent risk. I do CrossFit or whatever, not for sport, but for fitness, right? So my goals are completely different. And so you, you just have to look at every single activity that you do, whether it's skateboarding or, you know, sprinting, like you were a sprinter, you know, any of those things. Sprinting is not, running a marathon is not inherently healthy for you, right? No. And, and even sprinting, you know, there, well, I wasn't even, there. I wasn't even really a sprint. I was a middle distance runner, so I was even which is more stupid. The, which is the worst, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, like you know. Sprint or run a marathon. Don't run 400. I saw I saw a meme that was beautiful. It showed a penguin and a well, a whale, and it shows Noah walking onto the ark, and it shows this penguin whale mixture, and he's all, "Guys, what the hell?" <laughs> and it's and in <laughs> the side it says middle distance runners. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, pretty much shows long distance runners uh, is the the whale, the penguins, the sprinter, and it's like a mixture too. It's like. God's like, what, what the hell, guys? <laughs> we don't need you. Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt. And I, I, I fell into CrossFit, and it was like, oh, this is the same kind of pain. I'm used to it. But then it was just it was never really, I don't know. I was decent, but I was never really, like, a, above average, I would say. Yeah, I was, I hated it. <laughs> I, I ran 100 one time, and that, that was just about as far as I wanted to go. So I was a long jumper and pole vaulter in high school so See, i only had to run 40 meters i envied pole pole vaulters because once again that fear aspect the idea of it voluntarily throwing myself through the air i just for some reason i couldn't do it i could voluntarily put myself through excruciating pain but for some reason pole vaulting i just couldn't do it and that's that's a high like i love technique it. and efficiency like you have to be able it's to repeat your stuff over and over and it's one of the few sports that you truly practice failing to get better at it's I love sort it. of like weightlifting honestly where yes you have to be fast you have to be strong um you have to be athletic but you also have to do it right you know you have to be it's body position it's body awareness it's it's an apparatus and a, and a human body 
you know, relating to one another and how does that work? Where running is just, it's just the human body, right? Yeah. Or, you know, but when you start adding a barbell or a pole, <laughs> yeah. you've got some other apparatus to deal with. You've got to be aware yeah. of both of those things. I've joked with previous athletes when, uh, when I owned a gym or some folks that will come and ask to train with me and say they want to get into a CrossFit competition. And I tell them, your fitness assessment is to do a decathlon. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, it, it's, you're going to do something that's going to combine endurance, speed, technique, efficiency, and power. And you have to do these things because like you throw a discus. Yeah, you could be strong as all get up, but if you're not if you don't have the technique or the efficiency to be able to put that thing on the proper plane, it's not going anywhere. Same thing mm -hmm. with the javelin and same thing with pole vaulting. It's like you have to be able to combine all these things. And if you're not able to do that in a two day span, well, the likelihood of you being an extremely successful CrossFit competitor at this stage is probably small. So you should look at using CrossFit as a means of fitness instead of competition. Yep. Like yep. instead of sport. Yep. The the days of just jumping into CrossFit like and thinking that you're going to be able to compete and go to the World Games are so gone. These Everybody's are, so good. Yeah, they're so ridiculous. Even like I remember, even folks were telling me, "Oh, the Masters, you should be good at the Masters." Dre, I'm like, "No, no, because those Masters, most of them could probably compete in the Open just fine." And, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm good. I get my ass kicked. I I made yeah, it. They're so good. Yeah, I made it to Granite Games uh, for 35 to 39 when I was uh, just hit 35. And I thought, I'm going to crush it. I'm the young one in the crew. No, nope. because there was all, everybody there was 35. And everybody there was just as good as the yeah. other guys. And they, ooh, that was an and ass whooping like I've ever had. In 2016, I was national silver medalist, Masters national silver medalist, right? So that's a pretty good achievement, you know, second that's amazing. best in the country. Right. Um, and I lost by one kilo. And, and, you know, I went there with the expectation of I, I'm going to go be national champion. That's, that's my only goal. And I didn't achieve that goal. So I was, I was actually, I think I was still 34. So you're a master's the entire year of your 35th birthday. So I, I was the youngest person in the whole group. And I was like, I'm going to come and I'm going to be master's national champion. Well, it didn't happen. And so I was like, okay, next year, next year, next year everybody just keeps getting better and I don't. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I'm, I'm never going to win a national championship, you know, not, unless I, unless I age up, I did win an American championship though. Uh, you know, unless I wait until I'm 40, which is next, next year, I'll be in the 40 age group. But um, yeah, it's, it's wild. Everybody's right? so good. And everybody's so good. The, in the, the method in which people are now approaching CrossFit as a competitor is no longer just, volume throw as much at it as possible everybody's actually approaching it like a competitor like a competitive athlete at Absolutely. a professional yeah. leather uh, level and it's like it's impressive to watch and i think what rich froning did for the sport was show he showed that the human body could take so much it could take a pounding and be fine yeah and i think what matt frazier has done is he's shown that yes it could take a pounding but you also might want to be more specific and have like actual training phases and train like a legit professional athlete if you want to get the best out of it. And there's there's a reason why nobody seems to be that close to Matt yeah. Frazier unless he's making mistakes. And it's because he has this formula that's constantly adapting. And I don't think anybody's yeah. really figured that formula out quite like Matt has yet. And, and people, you know, again, people knock on CrossFit or bash on CrossFit or whatever, but then they see these, these people who are clearly the, the greatest athletes. I mean, they're just in, in amazing, incredible athletes. Those guys are not, guys and girls are not just like showing up to the box and doing a wad. You know, that's not, <laughs> not their thing. They don't CrossFit. The people who are going to CrossFit games or even back when we had regionals, those people are not training CrossFit. They're training athleticism they're training individual movement they're training i mean and they're spending a, a lot of time and energy and money and effort and all those things you know it's it's not it's not dropping to the box and do the wad for the day and oh man i beat everybody at the gym today like yeah. great <laughs> yeah it means nothing it's you know? not doing one rep max snatches every friday it's like there's a 
there's a time and place for it when you're training for CrossFit. And then if you're a weightlifter, yeah, you're going to have to work on doing heavy things consistently. And you're going to have to work on your speed under the bar and hip contact, all that jazz. But for CrossFit, it's such a broad spectrum. And people are like, well, how do you get better at CrossFit? It's like, just understand that there's going to be things to suck at and your goal suck less at those things. Like, not have I, – I love uh, the saying of my goal is to not have any weak links, but you're also not going to have any things that you're just really amazing at. Like, like I think Matt yeah. is the best. It's like you're not going to be the best at anything, but you're also not going to be the worst. So, like – You know, I, I, I will say this. Um, here's a hot take. Number one, I think Frazier in his prime is – better than Froning in his prime. And I know that's like speaking blasphemy about the Godfather, but uh, you know, Frazier's the best, the best crossfitter. But also I, I, I've actually done a little bit of research in this, right? So the three years that Froning won, he, he, he won all of the max Olympic lifts, mm-hmm. right? So he didn't win a lot of, a lot of the individual workouts, but anytime there was a max lift, he won it, right? And same thing with Matt Frazier is, you know, he was, some people don't know this, but he was a, a junior national champion in weightlifting yeah, before he, he was, was ever legit. a crossfitter. Um, and and he, 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 he is the best weightlifter out there, almost yeah. always, not always, but almost always. And it just shows me like the importance of weightlifting um, because I, you know, I, maybe I'm biased, but I think if you can be good at weightlifting, you can be good at a lot of other things, right? Oh, yeah. And I don't think that's true with, with say, powerlifting or, or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. So. Well, if you look at uh, last year's CrossFit Games, uh, Matt Frazier was making mistakes and things that were out of his control. The sandbag fell out of his bag. Things that, you know, you just, you don't wish upon somebody. And when it happens, it's like, ah, oh, shit. And he kept falling back. And then he had a couple mistakes, but he was still placing well in the competition. It wasn't until the one rep max clean that he completely turned things around and momentum got back on his side. It's just like, it's like in a basketball game, if, if the game's kind of close and then suddenly LeBron or whoever comes down and just has this monster dunk on your big man or your best person, the momentum changes and suddenly it's a different ball game. Yep. And it's like, that's, that's kind of like what happened. And, I would agree with you in regards to Matt Frazier being better in his prime than Froning. However, then it goes back to the argument of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Is there a Matt Frazier if there's no Rich Froning? No. And it's no. the same thing like in basketball and stuff. Is there a Kobe or LeBron if there's no Michael Jordan? Is there a Michael Jordan right. if there's no you know, Oscar? Like all these things, there's so many things that uh, people don't take into effect. But if you're looking at just numbers – yeah, these individuals are better than their predecessors, rightfully so, because, you know, records are made to be broken. Yep. So. Yeah, and, and I, I think when, when people say, you know, hey, I want to get better at CrossFit, I want to be more competitive at CrossFit, not fitness, but the sport of CrossFit, it's, very, it's going to be very important that you're good at weightlifting. I mean, you know, there's, there's no way around it. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, and I've made you know, a, a little bit of a living doing just that, you know, teaching weightlifting to CrossFitters. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, mean that's, I got that's better with just some of the small cues. Like I wish I had more time or if I, if I can go back, I would have actually taken advantage of the time that I had with you because of the fact that once I, I did take more of a focus on my weightlifting, everything else got better. My positioning under the bar. Yeah. Squat, my positioning under the bar for overhead squat, front squats, my deadlift positioning, everything got better because of the fact that I focused, I focused on the nuances of weightlifting and suddenly I was pretty solid. My bar muscle ups, like, and in, in when I started ca- like refocusing everything on like weightlifting is very similar to the movement patterns of sprinting, it made more sense to me. And suddenly I was like, ah, it's, getting the hips to full extension and then contracting them down and then being able to be explosive enough to stand it back up. And that's literally the positioning when you're in a full sprint. So on one leg, you're getting a full extension, that triple extension, and you're closing that bad boy down quick and repeating. So it's like, once I was able to pass yeah. that 
and put it into weightlifting, things really started to open up. And I will just reiterate what you said. 95% of CrossFit, and you can extrapolate that into a lot of other sports as well, of course, weightlifting, is how efficiently and quickly and powerfully you can close and open your hips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, you know, even, even our pull-up movements, right? Yep. All these kipping pull-ups, close and open hip, muscle mm-hmm. up, close and open hip, box jump, close and open hip. You know, everything, uh, you know, 95%, 90, 95%. And so it's that, it's that strength and power in our midline to be able to efficiently and have the proper timing of opening and closing and closing and opening our hips. Oh, yeah. Uh, you change direction eight times in the clean and jerk. <laughs> your hips insane. open close eight times in the clean and jerk it's insane and then also like the just the balanced aspect of it like for example i have a baseball player that i work with right now um he's triple a and he came to me wanting to put on mass wanting to get stronger wanting to get faster most of his training has been olympic weightlifting hang power cleans, hang power snatches, because we're focusing on just a quick snap and drive of his hips. And then we'll actually come back into full range of motion just to keep that actual range of motion going. Because I think you had told me back a long time ago, uh, I think you were quoting uh, Kelly Starr when you're saying, you know, if you're eating a sandwich and you don't do the full range of motion, it's like bringing a sandwich close to your face, but not quite eating it. And he, so it's <laughs> like that right there, I use that in my training for everybody. So we did Olympic weightlifting and sprints, Olympic weightlifting and box jumps and didn't really do a lot of baseball. And he came back to training and he's been killing it. Unfortunately, they had to take their hiatus right now because of COVID-19, but he was killing it and he was right on the verge. So now he's back and he still has access to a gym to be able to train by himself. Nobody else goes in there. So he goes in and he's following my program and he's back on it. And his coaches are asking, what is he doing? I told him, I was like, that's between you and me until we get you that big contract, buddy. <laughs> so, yep. but in the end, it's, it's, yep. and he asked me the other day, how did he get better at baseball by just doing weightlifting and box jumps and sprints? And I said, we are training your body in a balanced fashion and weightlifting is quite possibly the most foundational aspect of being an athlete. So now that your body is able to be explosive in all angles and facets, then we go to baseball and it's just one range of motion, albeit it's not easy because you can take some of the best athletes and they look stupid swinging a bat. And, but we're yeah. able to take him and put him back to what he's comfortable with, with more athleticism behind him. And suddenly he's whipping that ball out there at will. He's able to get to get on base easier. It was amazing. And but it- what the, the big thing, and in, in, in I'm actually pretty uh, integrated into the baseball training world. And um, I have some friends who are like, this is what they do is, is, is skills coaching for baseball. But for the last, I don't know, eight to 10 years or so, um, the things that they're measuring, they're, they don't really measure bat speed anymore. Same thing with golf. They're not really measuring club head speed. They're measuring ground force production, right? How much force apply to the ground when you're sourcing you apply to the ground when you're swinging that golf club um and that you know comes from these are all ground-based sports right Mm -hmm. so what's the most powerful thing you can do off the ground you know it's jump it's extend it's explode and so if we can apply force they're all ground-based right unless we're in a swimming pool all of these sports are ground-based the force comes from the ground right how efficiently we transfer it for a body that's up to us but the force always comes from the ground I don't care if you're boxing, if you're punching somebody in the face, the force comes from the ground, you know, um, and weightlifting, especially the poles and the clean snatch are an excellent way to increase your ground force production. A hundred percent. One of the best cues I've ever had, and I transfer it to everybody, whether it's squats, deadlifts, or cleans or snatches, push the ground away. <laughs> Get the ground away from you as fast as you can. Yeah. I think you told me that. You're like, Dre, you're as strong as can be, but you move slow as shit. You need to push the ground away faster. And I was like, oh. And it kind of clicked. Suddenly, I was able to do like at least 2% better clean. <laughs> not by much. I mean, you could just be a power lifter. They're not real athletes anyways. <laughs> That's- I one time had Mark Bell on my podcast. You know who Mark Bell is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, 
he didn't know he was going to be on my podcast. But he sat down on my podcast, and in the in the span of about five minutes, I proceeded to just berate him all in good fun, of course. But he sat down on a couch, and I was like, man, I don't think you've ever squatted that low in your life, Mark. And then I said, you're going to be able to get up. And then I said something like, oh, well, you know, the biggest difference between weightlifters and powerlifters is weightlifters are athletes, and, you know, powerlifters. <laughs> whatever and so, and all in like five minutes we talked uh, talked crap about how you know and this was like fat marcel days yeah so. that's amazing i've gotten in so many debates with powerlifters about nutrition like i had one that was just like oh i got a meat coming up this weekend i can eat whatever i want and my brain almost exploded i was just like yeah sure if you want to perform like shit eat shit and like yeah come on i'm like and if you're focusing on what you're supposed to eat the day before the competition you've already failed dramatically you're behind you're behind already so now kind of transitioning a little bit so you've been in the crossfit world uh in and out of it for since 2007 now crossfit or just regular fitness in general because you've been in, in the fitness industry for a while as well uh yeah what would you say is the craziest fad or craziest thing you've seen in fitness, whether it's nutrition or fitness itself, what would you say is the craziest thing you've seen? Man, um, as far as nutrition goes, I, I, get, I get frustrated when people who took a weekend course about you know, weightlifting try to be weightlifting coaches. So I think that maybe I do know some things about nutrition, but I they will never ever speak on it or offer that advice because I'm not a professional, right? And and I say leave the you know leave the nutrition to people who have who have the science and the education and the understanding. And so while I may know some things, it's not my place to speak, right? And the same thing is true with with mobility and and, and you know it's like sometimes I think we work outside of our scope when we shouldn't, right? Oh, so let's yeah. stick to our scope. You know, um, we don't as coaches we don't need to be going around cranking on people's arms and giving them deep tissue massages and things like that and we don't need to be offering uh i mean the liability with that is just less oh yeah yeah but but you know everybody saw everybody you know read kelly's direct book and they're all experts or you know they got a rp strength plan and now they're basically not to everybody else but you know, I've seen some crazy stuff um, as far as like just funny. You know how CrossFit is sometimes; oh, yeah. they just do silly things, uh, and it's all in it's all in good. Uh, you know, like I don't know, good. You know, good intentions. They're not trying to do anything bad or stupid. Um, yep. You know, I've seen people hanging hanging rings over each other's necks and trying to do push-ups <laughs> on them and i've seen we talked you know, about that a I, couple podcasts ago i i've seen people yeah uh and oddly enough you know i hate to, hate to bring up uh charlie but charlie zamora who used to own was one of the owners captains he was um he was kind of like brand new into fitness and he got a lot of flack for that but charlie i just talked to him like a few weeks ago he's um doing that same thing uh that we were talking about with baseball in golf now like yeah. that's what he does he, he's, he's coaching golfers but yeah i i've seen some crazy stuff man a lot of it is outside of the realm of sports and just like with you know there's always drama going on and there's always oh, yeah. one athlete said this and one coach did this this and did you hear what happened to so-and-so and you know i try as much as i can to uh, not not get involved in, in any of it, just just coach some weightlifting. But um, yeah, I I I think I would like to focus on, or I try to focus on the the feats that I've seen that have been so amazing. Like yeah, um, I think one example is when when Sam Dancer, I think it was at a regional or something like that. Uh, he he won that deadlift ladder and it was something stupid like 600 pounds, and I swear to God he pulled it off. The or like he's going to clean it, you know, it just moves yeah. so fast or um, watching, watching weightlifters go from, uh, do you know who won the, the CrossFit Games in 2008? The male that won the CrossFit Games? It was you're Nico freezing. Salo. You're freezing. What'd you say? Oh, sorry. 
I said, do you remember who won the CrossFit Games in 2008? What, male? Yeah. M- Miko Salo, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a, that was the first year they had a one rep max snatch. You know what Miko snatched? It was like 135. 185. 185? It was 185. Okay. <laughs> but still, like, now it's 300, right? And so to see that, I mean, that's always fun to, to see, you know, progression and how much better are the athletes now, both in in CrossFit and weightlifting than they were 10 years ago, you know? Um, oh, so, yeah. yeah. Powerlifting competitions. Crazy wild Competitions stuff. are going through the roof with, like, participation in comparison mm-hmm. to previous years. So, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though, in regards to, like, folks coaching or, or talking outside of their, their scope of per, perfection or profession. Um, I, I think that that runs rampant. Like, I've been making sure that if somebody comes to me about nutrition, like, I do have a nutrition background, but for sports-specific type training. Uh, not for general fitness. Right. So I do have like a general nutritionist that I send people to. If I have a, an athlete that's come to me, I, I'm certified and I went to a, a four-year university to actually work with athletes in the nutrition. Um, but when it comes to mobility, I am the worst at it. I have done so much research at it, but I, will, I believe that what I can't do, I do not teach. So I have, I have my yeah. guy, Sean Lamb, who's up in Canada. He does some Zoom coaching and uh, uh, work with the mobility and some folks here in Portland. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You want to talk mobility? I have some videos of other people. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's almost always what I do, you know? Yeah. Uh, is just say, here, here, here's somebody who knows more than I do, you know? Exactly. Um, and there aren't very many people who are willing to say, hey, there's somebody who knows more than I do. You know, mm-hmm. and I think we need more of that um, because if, if we can't expect somebody to come to us because we know more, how can, you know, we expect that if we're willing to say, here's somebody who knows more than us, right? Exactly. Um, and, you know, in, in, in weightlifting technique, weightlifting coaching, you know, I, I, I consider myself very, very versed and, and I know the lifts, I would say, as good as anybody in the country. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to try to overstep that when somebody has questions about, hey, how do I, you know, how do I work on my muscle ups? I'm going to say, well, I could tell you the few little tips that I use that help me learn it. But other than that, I'm going to have you talk to this person, you know? Um, yep. So I, I, I think we need more, more uh, collectiveness and less separate. You know, separate um, I think we're always trying to, very often coaches are trying to be the new thing and because it's new, they think it has to be different. And if you saw the programming I write for people, it's like squat, snatch, and clean and jerk. I mean, it's just like so, so boring, but I'm not trying to do anything new. You know, I'm trying to do the things that work and, and that's, you know, boiling it down a little too basic, I think, but you know, it's really, it's really, really important to collectively let's become better athletes. But, you know, you see those coaches that are charging 200 bucks a month for programming, which is fine. Hey, if you can get it, that's great. Be, you know, set themselves apart by being so much better in every area, you know, where I think if we sort of tried to work together a little bit more, you know, oh, yeah. anybody can write, I don't want to say anybody, but most people can write a, most people can write a, a program. Yeah. Right. Most of us could figure that out. Yeah. It's, it's how you convey and deliver and 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 sift through the nuance of that program, you know. So exactly how you're able to customize it to that particular individual, all those things. I mean, there's there are factors, but I mean, CrossFit has. That's one thing that I will say. CrossFit has proven. Just about anybody can slap together some programming, or slap programming into a gym from somebody else. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the the nuances, the, the fine the fine details that you know you're talking about, yeah, you're gonna want to definitely get somebody that kind of knows what they're talking about. Like, I mean, just like you're saying, when it comes to running, I can coach people how to get faster. I can coach people how to do endurance training programs that are gonna probably get them a little bit better at dealing with pain in the CrossFit realm. But when it comes to 
truly focusing on, say, a marathon, I'm letting folks know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be talking to a couple of my other colleagues in the industry and seeing what they would do. Right. Uh, if I, if it's something that I'm just like, this is way too much for me, I'm going to pass you off to them. Uh, if you're yeah. a power lifter, yeah, I could do powerlifting things, but when it comes to the nuances, if you want to compete, I'm going to send you to a powerlifting coach. So, and I think there's too much competitiveness in the fitness industry between coaches of trying to be the next best thing, like you're saying. And it makes it so that as clients, when they come to us, they're now not just price shopping, but they're also trying to match up your education. Like, Ooh, what kind of education do you have? And it's like, they're not asking the right questions in regards to education. They're, they're focusing on just how much, how many certifications do you have instead of what certifications do you have? Right. So like somebody would probably come to you and be like, how many certifications do you have? And it's like, it doesn't matter. What does he know? What's his experience? (laughs) <laughs> right and but they're in if i'm coming to you and i want to be a waiter yeah. well guess what you have what i need you have the experience that i need so stop like i, I try to tell us to clients all the time stop yeah. asking quantity and start asking quality you need quality coaches and the price tag for right. a coach does not determine yeah, I, the quality sure yeah i i really do like i have the privilege of i've not on purpose, but I have people from all over the country that are sending me and, and relaying to me programming that other coaches have, have sent out, right? Or, you know, the way that they communicate that programming or the cues and things like that. And I will never, ever, ever go against what another coach says, right? I may in my brain, so I'm garbage, <laughs> right. right? But um, so, sometimes I think people are working too hard, trying too hard just to be different so they can slap that $200 price tag on it, right? Yeah. And it's just not necessary. It's not necessary. Like, I would love if people sent me $200 a month for that. But right. But in the end, we're not reinventing honest, the wheel. I don't see the value. Not, like, you know, I... Right. No, no, there's nothing new under the sun, man. It's all it's all been said and done. And and why would you try to try something new that hasn't been tested, but, you know, before you test it? I just think it's important to... You know, look at the people who have come before us, right? And yep. and be smart enough to sift, right? To sift through. There are plenty of old school weightlifting theories and methods that I don't agree with, right? But I don't agree with it because I tested and tested and tested and tried and tried and tried. Um, you know, you know who the best weightlifting coach ever to live? Sir Isaac Newton. That guy <laughs> had it figured out. Right? Oh, man. Like, it's just physics, right? If, if you know how to, if you can understand physics and biomechanics, that's all you need to know for, for, for figuring this stuff out. So that's awesome. Well, Charles, we have come to an end of this MOC way podcast. Uh, I want to thank you for being on here, dropping some knowledge and making us both sound smart when you talk. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and press stop record here. Oh, okay. before I do that, shameless plug, tell people how to get a hold of you if they're looking for some, uh, some weightlifting coaching. Uh, yeah, so the real thing that pays the bills, check out Ship Shape Landscape. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my, I do write programming for a few folks around the, you know, around the country, um, and uh, you can can find me i guess probably the best place is on instagram that's where i'm the most active um and it's uncle underscore charles um but that's actually going to be changing back to be strong athletics very soon um but uh yeah uh uncle underscore charles or be strong athletics um you can get a hold of me that way uh charles shipman on facebook my venmo is charles c shipman um <laughs> send him some uh, money just for the hell of it yeah i mean <laughs> I actually own a website that is www.givemeadollar.com. I like that. That's all it is. Yeah, it hasn't been set up yet, but it's just for people to give me a dollar. Just set it up. Just put it up there, a dollar sign, and and put your Venmo connected to it, and you're golden. That's 100% what it is. That's all it is. (laughs) I I need to set it up. 
That's awesome. All right, man. Well, once again, thank you for being on here. You guys, if you're looking for a quality coach, uh, there's, uh, in my personal opinion, I don't think there's any better. He has attention to detail like no other. Uh, so I say you should hit him up. All right. So closing thoughts with the podcast and interview that I had with Mr. Charles Shipman. Uh, when it really, when you really break it down, fitness, fitness is really unique because you can say fitness is just fitness and yeah, you're, you're writing programs and, and, and there are people out there really putting their heart and soul into this. And then there are people out there that are just trying to make a quick buck and you as the consumer, it's your responsibility to kind of cipher through it. Uh, my, I could say my programming is legit and I'm just here to help out. And it's really your job to figure out if the program is for you. So just because a program touts a really large bill doesn't mean that it's really good. Doesn't mean it's necessarily for you. Um, and a lot of times, and here's a, here's an awesome little secret, you guys, when you're looking at these online programs and they do free stuff, more times than not, it's to get you hooked so that you do want to purchase some sort of programming. And more times than not, if they do an indefinite free program where it's like, oh yeah, just sign up for free. They're just giving you kind of the cookie cutter basics. This isn't anything customized to your specific needs. This is just a cookie cutter basics. And for most, this is really, really good. Uh, but for some that really need a little bit more direction, a little bit more assistance, it, this might pose a potential for injury. So you really want to make sure that, like I said at the very beginning here, do your due diligence, research it, determine whether or not this program is going to be ideal for you before you just jump on it. Because motivation, it's an amazing thing, but it also can be a hindrance in regards to potentially getting you in a situation that might not be beneficial for you. For example, my wife and I went for a run the other day. We went for two miles. Did she decide that she wanted to go for two miles right out the gates? God, no. It was one of those things where she was motivated. She wanted to go for a run. She wanted to go with me. And we went. Now, I was easy on her. I wasn't like my old self. If you put 28-year-old Dre and 38-year-old Dre's body, I would have been like, come on, keep up. Fitness is fitness. You got to move. 38-year-old Dre knows that now, if you haven't ran for a long time, it takes a lot to get back after it. So don't let your motivation get you stuck into paying for something that you wind up not using down the road. It needs to be a sustainable fitness program. Just like your nutrition needs to be a sustainable program that you can continue. They're, they work hand in hand. Trying to have an amazing fitness program by having shitty nutrition really winds up being like putting duct tape on a broken curb. Yeah, it's made of cement, but it's still broken. And it would be like the equivalence of wondering why you're not getting stronger when is all you're doing is cardio and eating really well. Well, because you're not doing things that facilitate getting stronger. So in the end, we really want to focus on what is right for you. And then coaches, stay in your lane, so to speak. Charles spoke to it where he said, yeah, he's very, very good in the specificity that is weightlifting. And I agree. He's amazing. I'm really, really good when it comes to high intensity output because my background is from track, middle distance runner, where you're kind of crazy and you have to accept pain. You have to have this ultra motivation to just really run yourself through a wall purposely over and over again. But I'm not good at mobility. So I refer out, which I have a podcast coming up with Mr. Sean Lamb that is going to talk about that a little bit too. So we really want to make sure that not only are you as consumers looking at the proper program for you, we also want to look at the coaches and make sure that they're coaching to their specificities. They're coaching to their realm. Now it's not to say that, Oh, they have to look a specific way because I know personal trainers and coaches that downright look terrible, but they know their shit. 
So when you're really looking at the grand scope of things, when you're really looking at which direction should I go when it comes to picking the proper fitness program for myself, yeah, it's hard. And to be totally honest with you, there's no magic like that's going to make it happen without trial and error. The coaches who are worth their weight in salt, trial and error all the way through to success. And they will continue to do so if they're continuing to learn. Understanding that there's no one program that fits all, you just make sure that all can fit into your program. That means you have to adapt your program. And then also as a consumer, you have to make sure that you're committed. You did not gain all this weight. You did not lose all of this athleticism overnight. It happened through a long period of time, and it's not going to just happen to come back just because you made that decision. So that being said, you guys, research, make a decision, commit to it. And commitment is not just 30 days. Commitment is not just 21 days. Commitment is truly giving it at least six months. At least six months. Half of a year. Two quarters if you're business oriented. Give it, give it two quarters. And if you haven't seen results by the end of two quarters, then two things are happening. One, that's not the program for you because it's not exciting you enough to be able to truly challenge yourself. And two, you need to actually challenge yourself. So find the program for you. Go champion the shit out of your life. Find Charles Shipman on Instagram. You can find him on Facebook. Uh, and then also, you guys, jump on that MLC Fitness bandwagon. We are cutting our price for access to the program from $34.99 to $15. And profits and proceeds go to Dornbecker Children's Hospital for aplastic anemia families and uh, trying to help them during this pandemic. So um, champion your life by championing somebody else's. So really jump in there, help out. Even if you don't think that you're going to use the program, it's going to still be beneficial to help out families in need. So if you have questions, please feel free to email me at Dre, D-R-E, at M-O-C Fitness. So that's Dre at M-O-C Fitness.com. All right, you guys, go get after it.